Hi guys, welcome to My Solo Road. I'm Sydney and this is my podcast. This is the first episode ever. So thank you very, very much for being here and listening. Uh, your support just means the absolute world to me, especially having you here at the beginning. This is a very new, different, cool kind of project. I've wanted to do it forever and I've just kind of put it on the back burner for a little too long. So I'm so excited to finally be doing it and, and having you here. This is, this is just really cool and I'm very excited. So if you don't know, um, I am a solo female traveler. Uh, up until now, I have only done Instagram and I have a travel website as well as Divine on the Road. So I basically travel around the country in this converted van. If you are familiar with van life, then you probably know a little bit about the concept. But if you don't, um, I have this like camper van where you know we've custom made the bedroom and the kitchen. There's solar panels up on the top, so there's full electricity. And yeah, like the bedroom converts to an office space during the day, and so I can kind of work and live simultaneously in this very small space. And because it's a van, we have the ability, I say we, because I travel with my dog Ella, who's a one-year-old um, golden retriever. We get to travel around the country together. And uh, yeah, we've started in the Midwest. We've gone to California and all of the places in between, up into Oregon back to the Midwest. And um, we recently went into Canada a little bit as well. So that's basically what I do. I do that full time and I just get to work remotely from the van, like I said. So up until this point, I have really only been able to share bits and pieces in my Instagram captions and on stories and, you know, small things here and there. And so I really wanted to do this podcast specifically so that I could kind of share more of my story and things that I've learned on the road, especially being a solo woman and having a dog and just having like, you know, the finances and being able to earn a remote income. And obviously like the ridiculous stories and things that have happened while being on the road when you travel full time and you see a lot of things, uh, stuff is just bound to happen. So I'm very excited to be able to kind of just share all of that in one space and not have to like write the entire thing in an Instagram caption or something like that. So really that is my intention for the podcast. And for the first episode for today, I would love to kind of just get you better acquainted with me and just kind of share more of my story and how I've got to this point. And yeah, just kind of my journey in getting here. So I want this to be very casual, very laid back. And yeah, I want this, like, I just want to be friends in this space. So I'm gonna go grab a glass of wine. You are welcome to get any beverage of choice and let's go ahead and dive into it. Alright, we are going to rewind pretty far back. Um, I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. And growing up, I we didn't really travel anywhere. Um, I think it's a very common Midwest thing to just go to Florida. So growing up, we would go to Florida maybe once a year. Um, that I just kind of feel like a lot of people in the Midwest, that's just where we go for like, if you go on spring break, or if you go on a summer break, everybody just heads to Florida. So Growing up, that was really the only place I had been. It was awesome. It was so much fun. But I always wanted to kind of leave Indiana and see what else was out there. And so when it was time for college, I was, you know, 18 and I decided to go to Chicago. And so it's only about three, three and a half hours away from my house. So it was still kind of 
in the comfort zone, but I felt like I was getting out of Indiana and I was going to this big city and it was going to be so much fun. And so that's where I spent the next four years. And I went to a school, it's called Columbia College Chicago. It is not Columbia University. I always have to make that very clear. Um, it was an art school. It was beautiful and it was so much fun. Um, I went for fashion business, which is a little ironic. I definitely learned a ton about business and marketing. And I, I learned a lot about myself throughout that time. Um, but a lot of the classes and the things I was learning was very materialism and materialistic based. And so it was, it's just funny now that I'm living this like very, very minimalistic life. And all through college, I was kind of studying the opposite, which is probably what landed me here. But getting to know all of these different kinds of people and just, you know, exposing myself to something that had been completely separate from what I'd known, you know, up until that time throughout my entire life, it was just really awesome. And I loved every minute of it. So I knew very early on into being in Chicago and, you know, in Indiana, everybody, everybody was from Indiana. In Chicago, when I got to school, you know, and especially I think most colleges are this way, but everybody comes from all kinds of different places. So one of my best friends was from Belgium. Another friend was from Dubai. And, you know, everybody from all over the world kind of came into this one space. And that among, you know, just being in Chicago in general and having this, you know, new idea of the world kind of, I knew that I, I really wanted to travel and that I wanted to see more. And so I got the opportunity after my freshman year, that friend from Belgium actually asked me to go on a family trip. And so they were going to be going, I think, you know, nine months or so from the time when she asked. And so I immediately went and got a part-time job and I worked for nine months in retail. And so I was able to go on this two week long trip to Europe and we visited her family in Belgium for a few days. And then because I had never been, they ended up taking me to Paris for like two or three days. And then we flew to Florence, Italy. And if you've, if you've been to Europe, then you probably know once you're there, it's really cheap to get around. It's just the initial flight to get to Europe. That's pretty expensive. But I think our flight to Florence was even, you know, 40 or $50. So it's very easy to get around. And so we ended up flying to Florence. We hung out there for a few days. We went back to Belgium and then we ended up coming back home eventually. And that was really the first trip where like I was completely mind blown. I had no idea that that this whole concept was out there. Like it was just absolutely incredible. And I immediately wanted to do more and to see more. And so I came back home. I got another, a second part-time job because, you know, I didn't know where I was going to go or what my next trip would be, but I was like, you know, ultimately I know I'm going to go somewhere or do something. And so I need to save up as much money as possible. So I kept going to school and then I worked, I worked in retail part-time and then I started working as a host at a restaurant part-time. And so about 10, 11, you know, it wasn't quite a year, but after so long of me saving and working, I found a missions group that was going to Swaziland. And, you know, I actually, I kind of have to pause and just say this. I was very nervous about talking about going on this missions trip because there's been a lot of controversy lately, which is 
incredibly unfortunate about different missions groups and how they they don't go with the right intentions. And so I've never publicly talked about my specific trip because I'm almost embarrassed that I did it, even though the group that I went with, you know, there was only four of us and I wholeheartedly believe in their mission and what they went to do. And so, you know, this is kind of the first time where I'm actually even admitting the fact that I went on this trip, which was actually amazing. And it, it was there was nothing but positive intentions and everything. So anyways, I, I found this mission strip that was going to be leaving Indianapolis, which was really the reason I loved this group because it was, you know, based in my hometown. And so it was leaving Indianapolis and they were going to Swaziland. And so I decided if I'm going to go to Swaziland, I would love to explore a little bit more of South Africa. So I ended up flying to South Africa. I traveled around Cape Town and Johannesburg by myself for about two, two and a half weeks. And then I, once I got back to Johannesburg, I met up with the missions group and we drove from Johannesburg to Swaziland. And so we spent about 10 days in Swaziland doing the missions work. Um, I might have a different podcast episode where I go more in detail of the group and what we did and that stuff, but just for the sake of time, I won't go into that today. Um, but I was in South Africa basically for, you know, just shy of like a month. It was like three, three and a half weeks. And that was the best trip of my entire life. Europe was amazing, but South Africa was like, when I came home, I was like, this is what I have to do with my life. I don't care how much I have to work. I don't care what I do. You know, seeing the world in general and getting to meet people in all different circumstances all across the world. Um, like this is what I, I feel so compelled to do. Um, and so I immediately went back to work and I asked my boss at the restaurant if I could please work full time. And so I could quit the part time retail job and just focus on full time at the restaurant because I would overall be making more than juggling both part time jobs. So Anyways, he said yes. I start working full-time, and just after doing that, he um, told me that one of the managers was leaving, the events manager for the hotel next door and for the restaurant. And so he asked me if I'd be willing to fulfill that role and be put on salary. And so, he, you know, it was going to be a lot more demanding, and but it would be quite a bit more money. And I knew, like, I had just got back from this trip, and I was like, you, this is like the answer to everything. I don't care how many hours it is. Like I, I just didn't care. I was like, absolutely, this is what I want. And so for the next two years, I was the events manager at this restaurant. I started working about, you know, 70 to 80 hours a week. I would have an event at 7 a.m. And then I would have an event at 10 p.m. And so I was working constantly. It was truly, truly miserable. I hated everything about what I was doing. I never had time to do my homework. I was like sitting down during lunch or getting home at midnight and like trying to do my homework before uh, having to get back up and go to work the following morning. It was just a very unhappy, you know, I was an unhappy time and I was working way too much. And, um, but like I said, I was dedicated to traveling. This is like what I truly wanted. I just didn't know what I was saving up for. And I was really running out of fuel. And so thankfully I was graduating soon. And I think it was only, you know, two or three months before I graduated that I found van life. And I just happened to be on my phone. I was dating someone at the time who also worked at the restaurant. He was the chef. And 
um, I found van life on my phone and I think we were both at work that day and I sent it to him and I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it before, but look, like this is a thing <laughs> that people are doing and he was equally as blown away by it. And so for the next, you know, several months, it was kind of this idea of living in a van that was like genuinely getting me through my work days and getting me through school, I, I just knew that this was something I, you know, I finally had something to be saving up for. I had been saving for a while, but I, I like I said, I, I didn't have any direction in that. And so I finally had this thing that brought me motivation and it was kind of like the light in, you know, this, this somewhat dark time. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to say I was like struggling in some heavy way, but it was just, it was a lot for me to handle at the time. I wasn't really taking it very well. I wasn't mentally or physically healthy in any capacity because I was so busy. And so having this thing to motivate me and keep me positive and just kind of in a positive headspace, it really was, it was just awesome. And it, it did wonders for me. Um, and so very quickly after finding it and uh, just doing more and more and more research, looking on Google and Pinterest and Instagram and all these things, I found a uh, this dealership in my first van was from Virginia. So I found this dealership in Virginia and they had a van that was in me and my boyfriend's budget. So it was a Mercedes Sprinter. It was a 2011. There's kind of this misconception that, you know, Sprinters are all really, really expensive when that's not necessarily true. If you get a new one, it would be very expensive. But because this was a 2011 and it had 90,000 miles on it when we purchased it, it wasn't very expensive. Um, I'm also very open about pricing, so I probably will go into quite a bit of detail in a different podcast, but I'm not going to do that all today. Um, but we we were able to afford this one or at least put money down and then finance it. And so as soon as we were able to do that and, you know, we were able to like sign the papers virtually, like I said, it was in Virginia. And so this was very much like fingers crossed that what we're spending our money on is actually going to work because we'd never driven the car. I just had to FaceTime the dealership a handful of times and trust on good faith that it was going to work out. So they ended up sending the van over. It was dropped off at my house one day. And so we um, ended up coming from Chicago to Indianapolis to just take a look at it and figure things out. Um, I think we spent like a weekend here. And that is when I went to pitch um, the whole idea of the build to my dad's friends. And so uh, my dad was a fireman my whole life. And one of his friends on the side of being a fireman uh, was a carpenter. And he had another friend that was an electrician. And so it just kind of worked out really well that these two guys were good friends and they had like complementary skill sets that probably could benefit the build. And there are plenty of people who don't have experience in building that, you know, they teach themselves and then they build like a beautiful van. But our idea was that we were better suited to keep working full time and trying to earn money to pay for a a build while also saving money for actual like the first few months on the road. And so we prefer to do it that way. Um, but everybody does things differently. And it's totally like possible to build the van yourself and to teach yourself those those skills. Um, but we just kind of wanted to do things a little bit differently. And so these two guys were really excited about it. They did a phenomenal job on the build. It took about two to three months for the entire build. Um, and that whole time we were just in Chicago working. I finally wasn't in school, like I said, so it was, it, I, it was a little bit easier on me for sure. And then especially knowing like my van's getting built, that was super exciting. And so when there was only a couple weeks left, we ended up 
leaving our jobs and we stayed with my parents for a couple weeks and then the van was done and we were able to live. We, I, we had saved enough for, I think we had like budgeted six to eight months on the road. Um, and in that time we planned on figuring something out in terms of like a long-term income on the road. But at least that gave us a little bit of time to like acclimate to a completely different life and kind of get used to having to work remotely. And so we hit the road and it was everything that I dreamed it would be. It was amazing. It was awesome. Uh, we had some like mechanical repairs and that's a quite a story. So I will go into that on a, on a different episode. Um, but we had some mechanical issues that caused us a lot of stress. Um, but we, I mean, we ended up doing it. We were able to make it. We used some of our savings. We worked on the road. So we traveled together for about nine months. And that's when we decided that it was best for us to split up. It was not at all because we were in a tiny space. A lot of people, a lot of people do break up because they, you know, they learn things about each other. They didn't know. Um, but a lot of people assume that must be why we we split up. And that's not the case at all. I think we got along wonderfully the entire time. It was really just this underlying feeling of we're just not meant to be. Like, as great as you are and as great as this is working, it's just like this is not the relationship that's meant to be. And so we ended up making the decision to break up. And he got the van. Um, the He was a few years older than me, so we had the title under his name because his credit was better. And that's really the only reason we made that decision. But um, in kind of the heated conversation of a breakup, um, we just kind of decided that he was going to take the van and I was going to go home and figure things out on my own. And so, you know, in the moment, it didn't seem that bad. <laughs> it was kind of like I said, it was just a heated conversation. And so uh, once I got home, it, it really all hit me that I was starting 100% from scratch. And so I ended up having to work full time again. You know, I got home, I kind of had to like readjust to everything, but I started working full time as a nanny for two families and which is kind of a great job. If anybody's looking to save up money, uh, you know, fairly quickly and be able to do other things as well. Nannying was a fantastic job for me. I did it for two families. So like one set of kids would come over to the other house and we would all just get to hang out. And um, nannying is really fun. I mean, you just kind of get to hang out with kids all day. So I did that for two families. And then like while they were napping and while they were at the, you know, at the pool, at the public pool or something, I would just be on my laptop and, you know, uh, creating my website and adding blogs and trying to figure out a remote income. And so I was kind of able to do that while I was working. And, you know, as soon as I got home, that's what I was doing. And I was trying to figure out a way where I could make money on the road. And so for those three to four months, that's basically what I was doing. As soon as I was able to put any money down, and I still had some savings as well, um, so that definitely helped. But once I was able to put any money down, I found a van in Atlanta, and I don't know why, but tra Ford Transits, I knew I didn't want a Sprinter again, but I... I was able to find um, a Ford Transit in Atlanta that was significantly cheaper than any in the Midwest. I guess they're just way more common in the South for, for various reasons. Like Disneyland uses a ton of... Um, a ton of Ford Transits. And so as soon as they hit like 20 or 30,000 miles, they have to get rid of them. And so they just kind of get dispersed all around the South. At least that's what I was told. Um, and so I was able to find a really good deal on one. It was a 2017 Ford Transit. And because it was a Ford, it was, you know, the repairs and the mechanics and all of that would be just a ton. It would just be a lot cheaper than the Sprinter had been. And so 
um, I was able to, I flew to Atlanta, I drove the, the Ford Transit back, and I had the same two guys who did the first van do this one. And the way that we did both vans kind of was like, as I could pay for various things, I, I would pay for, for that set. And then like, I'd get paid two weeks later. And so then I would be able to pay for the next portion of the build. And so that's kind of how I had to do things the entire time. And it took about three or four months and I was able, you know, between the savings I still had and the money that I had been able to make. And I mean, I sold everything I owned during this summer, uh, setting up there and building the second van. I sold every piece of furniture I still had from Chicago. I sold all of my clothes, all of my shoes, everything I had, like for my kitchen, I had garage sales. I put everything on Poshmark. Like I sold everything and anything that I could. I was doing any kind of odd job that I possibly could. Um, I stuffed envelopes for my dad's company one day. Like I spent an entire day just stuffing envelopes. I was really determined. I knew I wasn't done with van life after the breakup. And yeah, I was just like dedicated to this idea and I, I didn't have anything else to do. So I was just doing whatever I could. And so after, you know, three or four months, the build was done and I ended up getting my dog, Ella, who is the light of my life. If you follow my Instagram, you probably know how obsessed with her I am. Um, and she's made van life. I mean, it's incredible either way, but having a dog makes it infinitely better. Like, I, I can't even imagine having done this without her. I always say, you know, there are days where... I don't talk to people for a week. You know, I'm camping in the middle of nowhere and I don't see another human being. And I will just find myself like crying, laughing in the middle of the day because she's done something ridiculous. And every single time I think about the fact that without her, I wouldn't be laughing. Like I just wouldn't laugh today because I don't have anything to laugh about. Like there's nothing here. And so she's just brought this completely new perspective and this massive light um, into just being on the road and, and doing this whole thing. Um, highly recommend traveling with a dog. It's awesome. Uh, but basically we ended up leaving and I left Indiana. We headed straight for uh, San Diego, but I did go all the way north first. I had never in the first van had the chance to go to like Montana and Yellowstone. So we ended up going up that way as we headed west and then cut through Nevada and went straight to San Diego. The community in San Diego is like nowhere else. And, and so I knew that was kind of what I needed at that time. Like I knew I would need community. I needed to be with the people I had met previously. And yeah, I just, I knew I needed to surround myself with like-minded people and I'd already met them and knew that they were that way. And so that's kind of the reason why we headed straight for San Diego. But now we've been on the road for you know, maybe 10 or 11 months. Um, and you know, I said at the beginning, it's been the best time of my entire life. I cannot imagine living another way at this point. I can't imagine having a stationary home. I've been, I've just gotten so used to this kind of lifestyle and I have no intentions of doing anything differently for at least three to five years. I would love to be on the road for at least that amount of time. I do always say I have no idea what the future holds. I, you know, in three years, maybe I feel completely differently and I am like just so ready to get off of the road. I have no idea. At this point, it's hard to believe that I would feel that way, but 
I never know. Um, and so this is kind of the plan as of now. People always ask, how long do you plan on being on the road? How long do you want to do this or that? Where do you all want to go in the van? And, you know, are you going to go to Europe? Just so many questions. And as of now, I'm just kind of doing my thing. There's constant daily stresses. You know, there's there's inconveniences, nothing. There's no life that is perfect. So if you look at Instagram, it truly is a snippet of someone's day. We are all guilty of doing it. But there really is you know, just as many things that could go wrong in in living in the van than there could be with any other lifestyle. So it's not perfect. But for me personally, it makes me so much happier than what I was doing before. I just wanted to travel. And so this has given me the ability to, you know, travel full time, long term, without constantly buying flights or hotels or hostels or, you know, even if you're budget traveling around the world, I still don't think it offers as much flexibility as van life does. Um, you know, you can really kind of coordinate your travels with, with your budget. So if you're on a tighter budget one month, you can stock up on groceries and then go find a campsite in the middle of nowhere for free on BLM land and just hang out there for as long as you want. You know, if it has cell phone service, I can work on my website or write blog posts or take photos. Um, you know, I can still do all of these things to earn a remote income and to continue working, but without having to spend money. And you still get to, you know, experience somewhere beautiful. Um, and so, you know, I, I love the flexibility that it offers and it can kind of go along with any budget. And then if you, you know, are doing better in a few months or something, then you can travel across the country and you can spend more on gas and spend more on those things. So it really does kind of cater to both ends of things and anywhere in the middle really, um, which is kind of why, that's why I love doing it. And I would have never tried traveled the United States so much if it weren't for being a part of van life and doing this kind of traveling. I probably would have continued to save for a long period of time and then flown somewhere far away, you know, traveled for a week or two as much as possible and then come back home and continued to work and save up for that next trip. I don't think I would have ever had the chance to experience the national parks and the national forests and discovering what BLM land is. Not to mention I have you know, not only learned a lot about the United States and, you know, what it has to offer and all of that, but I have learned more about myself than I would have ever thought possible, especially at the age of 24. I would not, I would have never dreamed that I'd be this satisfied with, I guess, who I am. I was really, really struggling with, like I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I was really struggling with my mental health before this probably a lot more than what I, I hinted at. Um, I'm not super comfortable talking about it, but I, I was really not in a good place. And so I would have never dreamed that only two years from that time that I would be where I am today. And I am so grateful for that. And to have you all supporting me and understanding me is also like the most gratifying feeling I could ever express. Not only am I content and happy with myself, but I also have these amazing people behind me who understand me in a way that I just didn't think possible until I actually decided to be myself and follow my dreams and stop convincing myself how weird I was for the things I wanted to do. Um, and so van life has just, it really has offered me, it's offered me so much more than just the travel. And I talked a lot about travel 
but it's given me so much more than that. And, you know, it's given me Ella. I don't know if I would have Ella if it wasn't for this. I really wanted a dog for years, but I, I did it because I really didn't want to travel without one. I had no idea how amazing having the dog would be for it and having her specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's been kind of the best part of it. But if I've learned anything through all of this, it is just that whatever you are fearing the most, whatever I have feared the most, and I went ahead and did it anyways, all of those things have been, you know, I, I have gotten the most benefits out of those things in my life. Like it was so scary to get the first van and that ended up being wonderful. And then having to get another van and save up and figure out any possible way to, to make that work for a second time and that, you know, being alone, that was so scary, but I went ahead and did it anyways. And now I, I am the happiest that I've ever been. And then I was probably the most scared out of anything I've ever done to get a dog. Being responsible for another life is very different than, you know, traveling and being responsible for your own. And so I was, I was terrified of that. And she has been the best thing that has ever happened to me. So if I can recommend anything, or if there's like a point to this first episode, it is certainly to do what you are fearing the most. Um, you know, it takes a lot of research and preparation. And I always tell people it's okay to be scared, but if you go into it feeling prepared in any way, like if you think I've done the best I can in every possible way, then you have nothing to be fearful of. You know, you just kind of have to take the leap and you will reap the benefits of that. You know, whether you fail or succeed, it, you'll learn from it, you'll grow. And me being in the van and, and feeling how I do now is the example that I tell myself all the time, anytime that I'm scared to do something. Like, you did this and it was way bigger and look what it has given you and look what it's brought you. So anyways, I would really love to wrap up now. <laughs> this has gone so much longer than I was anticipating. Um, but I really appreciate you all listening. And there are so many stories that I can't wait to share with you. Um, I do want to talk about some like logistics and I, I know I mentioned it at the beginning, but earning a remote income and having a dog on the road and being a solo woman and, you know, just safety and overnight parking and all of those things. But there has been a lot happen on the road so far that I haven't talked about on social media. I crashed into a hotel. <laughs> I, I literally hit a hotel and was off the road for almost a month. And then shortly after that, Ella was attacked by another dog in a Bass Pro parking lot. And it was awful. It was one of the worst experiences since being on the road. It was worse than hitting a hotel. But there's been quite a variety of things that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. And I think that is it for today. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm very grateful to have you all here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I will talk to you in the next episode. I think after 30 minutes of nonstop talking, it is time for me to go and like read for a while <laughs> and just do anything else besides hearing myself talk. Um, so thank you for being here. I will see you next week and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Bye guys. Bye.